podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Dream Team Professor Podcast. In this episode, we're going to be looking at the top players to target in game week 26 on Sun Dream Team. So we're going to start off by looking at the fixtures. Now, this isn't all of the teams. This is just most of the teams that I think have sort of credible players in them that you might want to put into your team. Um, and the fixture grid that I've got up on the screen here, if you're watching on YouTube, um, is the fixture grid from ffstuff.co.uk and their Twitter handle is at ffstuff3. Um, so you can check this out. It's completely free. Um, so we start off with Manchester City and on this fixture grid, I've just tailored it so you can you can move the arrows around so you can see the fixtures that are left for March. We're mostly going to be focusing on the fixtures left um, or the fixtures for this weekend, but it is good to have a bit of a broader outlook looking at the rest of the fixtures for the month if you are going to be bringing in a player. You don't really want to be bringing in a player just for two games or just for one game, so it does help to look at the games they've got going forward. Um, so starting with Manchester City then, so um, in game week 26, they're away at Crystal Palace and home to RB Leipzig in that Champions League game. They then go on to play Burnley at home in the FA Cup and then they have Liverpool at home as well. Um, Liverpool, so they've got two fixtures as well this game week. They have Bournemouth away and that massive Real Madrid away clash, um, which is going to be a really tough game. Um, I really doubt they'll be able to overturn that last uh, last result. But if they can score some goals in it or play quite attacking, it might make them a good team to target. So I'm going to leave them up there as well. Chelsea just have the one fixture um, this game week in game week 26, and that's away at Leicester. We haven't been great lately and Chelsea are back to have back to back wins now as well. So this could be a good one to target, but I do really want to be looking for a, a player that plays twice this game week, ideally. Um, then Manchester United. So they face Southampton at home and then they have the away leg against Real Betis. Obviously, they got that win yesterday, so they're in quite a good position for that one. So Man United as well, they've got five fixtures left for the month. So they have the joint most fixtures left with Brentford in five and Brighton also have five. So they look like a real good team to target and their fixtures are still pretty good. So Southampton, Real, Madrid, uh, sorry, Southampton, Real Betis, Fulham, Newcastle and Brentford. So really, really good fixtures for Man United still. Um, Tottenham Hotspur, on the other hand, um, they just have the one game this game week. So they have Nottingham Forest at home. But obviously off the back of a disappointing loss um, in the Champions League against AC Milan. So one fixture and in pretty bad form at the minute, but it is Forest at home, which is a fairly good fixture. So that gives you something to think about. Um, Arsenal, they have two fixtures. They have Fulham away and they have Sporting at home in the second leg of their Champions uh, Europa League game. I hope it was, I wish it was Champions League. Um, so Fulham away and Sporting at home. And it's, it was 2-2 in that first leg. So all to play for still in that second leg. And then Crystal Palace and Leeds are the other two fixtures they have, both at home as well. So the fixtures, Fulham, Sporting, Crystal Palace and Leeds all do look fairly good still for Arsenal. It does get tougher in April, but could be a good time to capitalise on them in March. West Ham, so they're a bit up and down on the minute. They've got four fixtures left for this month and they have two fixtures this game week. So they have Aston Villa at home. And then they have the home leg of their Europa League conference game against AEK Larnaca. So two fairly good fixtures there. Um, there's a little bit of rotation in the Europa League conference, but still two fairly good fixtures. They've got a blank thrown in there in the middle, which is a bit annoying. Um, but then they face Southampton at home and Newcastle at home. So pretty good fixtures for West Ham. 
Brighton Hove Albion, they've got five fixtures, like I said, joint most with Brentford and Man United. And Brighton have a really good run, actually. So they're away at Leeds and at home at Crystal Palace this game week. So two good games there. They then face Grimsby in the FA Cup at home. They have Brentford at home and then they have Bournemouth away. So Brighton do have some really good fixtures there. A bit more out there with the players that you might want to pick from that team. But still, if you're going for fixtures, they are pretty good ones to target. Newcastle... They've really fell off at the minute, but they've got four fixtures still in March. Um, they have Wolves at home. They have a blank in midweek and they face Forest away, Man United at home and West Ham United away. So a bit of a mixed bag there. The first two fixtures look fairly good, but Man United at home and West Ham away could be fairly difficult games when you're not in great form yourself. And then Brentford, like I said, have five. They face Everton away and Southampton away. So Two away legs, uh, two away games, but they are good fixtures. Then they face Leicester at home, Brighton away, and Man United away. So still fairly good fixtures for Brentford, and they've got a lot of games, but there aren't that many players that I'd like to target from these. But we're going to go through all these one by one and break down the top players to target from each. So starting with Manchester City then, and I'm going to go with Phil Foden first as the best player to target. But there are strings attached to this one. So he's been flagged as having a slight injury doubt, um, plantar fasciitis, um, a flare up with his foot, basically. Um, that was flagged on one of the injury websites. It might have been Ben Dinnery, potentially. Um, but the sort of return date was around this weekend. So he could still be OK for it. And I think it will be a case of checking the squads, checking starting lineups to see all the latest news to find out if he is going to be starting. If you've got him in your team already, you'll be waiting just to see whether or not you might want to take him out. Uh, but if you haven't got him, I definitely wouldn't be bringing him in ahead of the fixture. Um, but that being said, he's had a really good run of games for Manchester City at the minute. So his last three games, he's got three star man awards, four goals and one assist. And he scored 15, 17 and 13 in those games, which is a total of 45 points. So absolutely smashing it at the moment, Phil Foden. And he seems to be taking minutes actually off of that right-hand side, which was Riyad Mahrez. And Mahrez had been one of the most nailed forwards, really, for Manchester City recently. So that's quite disappointing if you had had um, Riyad Mahrez. But if you were savvy enough to bring Foden straight in when that happened, or I think it was actually Kevin De Bruyne that was dropped uh, one week and Foden come in, and you switched Foden in for De Bruyne or Foden in for Mahrez, you really have shot up the rankings with those points. So a really good move if you've done that already. And I still think he's a fairly good player to target going forward, just if he is fit and he is in that starting lineup. Um, I'm going to go on to the fixtures, actually. I should have started with this, really. But Manchester City, then, I did mention it. They have Crystal Palace away, RB Leipzig at home. And then that's followed by um, Burnley at home. There's an international break. And then they come back and play Liverpool at home. So fairly good fixtures. Maybe the, you can see that Liverpool game is obviously going to be quite a difficult one. RB Leipzig at home. The away leg was 1-1. Um, I expect Manchester City to get through that home leg. Um, and their team form is looking pretty good at the minute. So I've got this off of the uh, FOTMOB website. Um, they, they had a 1-1 draw of Nottingham Forest. Had a 1-1 draw of RB Leipzig. Then they beat Bournemouth 4-1. And they were probably unlucky not to keep the clean sheet in that one. Um, then they had the 3-0 win against Bristol City. And then they had a 2-0 win against Newcastle. So back-to-back -back clean sheets for Man City in what was a pretty um, 
pretty shaky defence at times. Well, not shaky, but they just seem to be conceding all silly chances. The last time they kept back-to-back -back clean sheets was all the way back when they faced Arsenal in the FA Cup. I think it was Arsenal and Wolves um, were the last, was the last time they got back-to-back -back clean sheets. So, yeah, if you've got defenders or you're targeting defenders now, now might be a good time. They might have turned a corner. Um, but we'll go on to Riyad Mahrez. So, Riyad Mahrez, I'm going to put him there still as a player to target. Um, it was disappointing that he didn't play against Newcastle. I kept him in my team anyway, just because he'd done well in that RB Leipzig game and they do like to play him in these Champions League fixtures. So I think he'll definitely get that RB Leipzig game. And because he was totally rested against Newcastle, I still do think there's a chance that he might get that Crystal Palace away game. So if he can get two fixtures in a week, I do think that'll be really good. Um, in that RB Leipzig game as well, he did... Um, score and get the star man. So I do think they'll probably use him for that one. And if they can just start him against Crystal Palace, I think it'll be a good one to keep for me. But yeah, we'll have to wait and see what the lineups do. And I'm still not quite sure what my plan will be if he is dropped for Crystal Palace. I may be tempted to move him on if that is the case, maybe for a Foden or I was going to say Greenish, but I don't think I'd go for Greenish at this time. I mentioned those back-to-back -back clean sheets. Um, and like I said, that's the first time they've done it since back when they faced um, Arsenal in the FA Cup. Um, I'm getting a little bit worried now. So I took Ake out of my team at the end of last month. And all it's taken really is for Manchester City to get two clean sheets. And now I'm starting to get a little bit worried about not owning them. Um, they seem to have got a bit more settled um, in their choices at the back, a, a bit less rotation. Their last two games were fairly similar. So they had Lewis, um, Rico Lewis, Diaz, Akanji and Ake for Bristol. And then they had Walker, Diaz, Akanji, Ake for Newcastle. So it was only Walker and Lewis that were changed in those two games. Um, so I think they might start to keep a core of that. Um, but the only thing is they do still have Laporte and Stones both on the bench for that Newcastle game. There is a chance that one of those two might come in. It's just deciding, it's just taking a gamble really on which, which defender you do choose from Manchester City. There's always a risk that they could be rested. Um, if budget isn't an issue for you I do think that it looks like Diaz is probably the most nailed player in that Manchester City defence at about 5.7 million it's really quite expensive so I, I honestly don't think that he is worth 5.7 million when it comes to the points he scores but it's whether you think he's worth it for nailedness almost um, but Ake at 4.2 million I think he's plenty good enough as an alternative quite a bit cheaper and he's probably going to get a similar amount of points so I still think Ake is probably a good option as well if I if you didn't care about budget and you had plenty and you can, you, your team's plenty good enough I think I would go for Diaz but if you still got to keep a little bit of budget behind and you're trying to be a bit savvy I do think Ake is a good option too um, so I, I said that's who I think the core of the defence would be I do think that Walker, Diaz, Akanji and Ake probably is their strongest um, sort of back four now if you can call it that but Walker's been a naughty boy in midweek um, or last weekend. He allegedly has been exposing himself. Um, so I don't know if Pep will take too kindly to that one. So I'm going to say that I think that Rico Lewis might be starting again um, with Diaz, Akanji and Ake. Um, so Walker might have just, uh, yeah, worked his way out of the team with uh, with that little indiscretion there. So I think we might see Walker dropped. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, there was a rumour going around on Twitter that he wouldn't get punished. 
but that his contract talks had been put on hold. So we'll have to wait and see. It's all just uh, all just speculation, but I think we might see Lewis come in for this one. So just to quickly summarise that one, I think Phil Foden and Mares in midfield are the two best options. De Bruyne has gone off the boil a little bit, so I probably wouldn't be looking to bring him in specifically for this run. But I am going to keep him if, well, I'd keep him if I had him in my team. I do have him in my best couple of teams, so I'm going to be keeping him. Um, and obviously Haaland is Haaland. You have to keep him in your team, in my opinion. Um, and then in defence, I think the best option, if you're if you're not caring about budget, is probably Diaz. But then I think Ake is plenty good enough as well. On to Manchester United. So an up and down week for them. Obviously, they lost 7-0 at the hands of Liverpool at Anfield, which is a ridiculous result. Um, but I'm not going to read too much into it. And I think I'd be willing to write off that um, Liverpool game if I had Man United players. Obviously, if you had a full block or multiple players in defence, your team took an absolute battering. But they're so highly owned that I don't think it made too much difference um, when it comes. I mean, you might have lost a few places in your mini leagues, but I think most people are in a similar boat. Um, but then they bounced back with a 4-1 win against Raul Betis. All is forgiven. Bruno was getting pelters, but he had a great game. Rashford's back on the score sheet as well. So I've, I think that 4-1 win against Betis was enough to... Uh, Help you forget about that Liverpool game. Maybe if you, maybe not if you're a Manchester United supporter, but if you had dream team players, I think that was enough to uh, help you get over it. So one thing I would be concerned of with Man United is there are no clean sheets in their last three games, but they face Southampton next at home, which I do think is a very good fixture to target. Um, and then they've got that second leg against Betis. I don't think Betis looked that good. So I think there is still a chance that they could get a clean sheet in it, but you would have probably favoured getting a clean sheet at home, to be honest. Um, so I'm going to start with Rashford then. Obviously, he got that goal against Betis. His form has slowed down a little bit, um, but he is still a really good option in that, in that striking role. And him, Haaland, Kane, Salah are looking like the best options. There's a few more out there ones in Ivan Tony, for example, but I still think you're going to want to have Rashford in your team. So I'm going to start off with him. Um, and like I said, they've got good fixtures going forward as well. So Fulham at home, Newcastle away and Brentford at home. I expect him to still get a good amount of goals in that one. Um, and then Bruno Fernandes. Obviously, there's a bit of a witch hunt out for him after that Liverpool game. Sulking, rolling around on the floor. Um, but no one had a good game in that one. So whether or not you think he should be the captain of Man United or any of that stuff, He's still a really good player to own on Dream Team and still a really good player. He had a great game against Betis. He got a goal, assist and star man. Um, he's the highest scoring midfielder in the game now on Dream Team and he's overtaken Kevin De Bruyne. He's got eight goals, 12 assists and 29-7 ratings. So really, really consistent when it comes to getting those rating points. And whether or not he rolls around on the floor or you don't like his face, he's a great Dream Team option. So still, I think he's a great person to have on in midfield. Um, and then from defence, I'm going to say Luke Shaw. Um, he obviously had a bad game against Liverpool. Everyone had a bad game. Um, I think maybe apart from I think apart from Dallow, I think Dallow got a good rating somehow against Liverpool. Um, but yeah, everyone had a bad game against Liverpool. So I don't think you can read too much into that one. He's just got to take the minus points. But he did bounce back against Betis and he got his sixth assist of the season. Um, he's the third highest defender now in the game, just behind Trippier and Fabian Scher. And he really is closing on Fabian Scher now as well. So he's going to be right up there. I don't think he'll catch Kieran Trippier, obviously. But 
yeah, he's having a really good season nonetheless. So I think Shaw is probably the best option to have for Man United. Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with having Martinez. I've got De Gea in goal. Um, but one thing that is looking a little bit annoying now is Dallow came off at halftime in that Betis game. I don't think it was an injury. You have to look into it a bit further, but I think we're going to see a lot more of that. Um, it seems like a common a common thing is Wan-Bissaka and Dello sharing minutes. They're both having really good seasons. Um, so I just think if you own either Dello or Wan-Bissaka, there is a minutes risk there. And if they're coming off early, there's slightly less chance that they're going to get those seven ratings. They'll get the clean sheet points if there's a clean sheet, but that is one thing to consider. And then I'm just going to finish up with Anthony. Now, he's not for me. Um, personally, he actually really reminds me of Pepe, the way he plays. And I don't mean that as an insult, um, but he's one of them. He, he doesn't really seem to do the off the ball stuff as well as the rest of the team or as the manager would like. But he just comes up with absolute moments of magic. And it was a really good goal against Betis. And he could have had more goals as well. Um, but he just is so inconsistent when it comes to Dream Team, though. He's got six goals and one assist so far. Um, it's not for me. I want a player that's really quite consistent. But I can see the appeal of these long range shots, um, the skills and things like that. So I can see I can see the appeal and I can see why some people might want to take a punt on him. I wouldn't be totally against it, but he's not someone that I'm going to be bringing in. If you're enjoying the video so far, please do leave a like and subscribe to the channel to get kept more up to date with the Sun Dream Team content that I'm putting out. Um, and if you're listening on Spotify or one of the audio platforms as well, please do give us a follow or leave a review on there. So I'm going to come on to my team, Arsenal. Um, and it's still been a pretty good run of form for Arsenal. So we obviously beat Aston Villa coming from behind. We got the win against Leicester, clean sheet. 4-0 win against Everton, clean sheet. Um, that crazy win against Bournemouth. So that 3-2 win coming from behind. If I had to pick a fault in it is that if you went for Dream Team players, you probably would have expected maybe a clean sheet in one of these two games. 3-2 um, against Bournemouth and 2-2 against Sporting. So disappointing if you did have Arsenal defenders for that. I brought in Gabriel. Um, but the fixtures are still looking good. So Fulham away from home, Sporting at home, Crystal Palace at home. There's the international break and then we're home to Leeds. Um, so I do think that's still a really good run. And I would like to capitalise on this uh, in March because, like I said earlier, the run in April for Arsenal does get a lot trickier. Um, so I'm going to start off with Saka, uh, quite an obvious pick. I'm not sure how, but he managed to star man against um, against Sporting. And I thought he was kept pretty quiet. Um, he's just shot up right at the end um, in the ratings. And I think it's just down to right at the end, he had like two desperate long range shots that were both on target. And I think that must have just boosted up his numbers. They They weren't good shots at all, to be honest. And I think a lot of his teammates looked quite frustrated at the time when he'd done it. Um, but it got his rating up there and it got the star man points for myself, who I, I've got him in my team. So pretty impressed with that. I'll take it. I think he just got a rating against Bournemouth. No attacking returns in that one. So actually, no attacking returns in his last two. His last attacking returns came against Everton. He got a goal and an assist in that one. So he still probably is the best attacking player to, to get in that Arsenal team. And... As well, Arsenal have got quite a few injury problems and illness, things going around in the squad. So he looks like he's the one that's fully fit and he's going to start every game at the minute. I'm going to come to Erdegaard. So he was left out of the squad for that sporting game and 
that was through illness. So you're going to want to keep an eye on that one if you have got him in your team. And I certainly wouldn't be bringing him in unless you see that he definitely is starting. But that's going to be a difficult one because our game is on Sunday. So you might miss out on some alternatives. So, yeah, keep looking on Twitter. Keep an eye on the uh, the news as to whether you think that Erdegaard will be starting that game. Martinelli, I think that he could be a good one to target potentially now. I'm not putting him in my team just because I like my front three at the minute. But I do think he'll probably be starting the next two games again, um, just because we've got Eddie Nketiah, who still isn't back from his ankle injury that he's got. Um, he's been playing with an injury and then he's missed the last couple of games. You had Trossard, who started that Bournemouth game, but then went off injured in that one with a groin injury. So I don't think he'll be back until at least after the international break. Um, so that's the two main attacking players or strikers missing from Arsenal. And there aren't any more alternatives really to play centre forward. So Martinelli, I think, is going to be sort of now playing in that centre forward role until at least Eddie comes back. And one thing to also keep an eye on, though, is that Gabriel Jesus could be close to returning. Um, I didn't think he'd be back until after the international break. But there's been videos of him uh, in full training. And it was thought that he might travel to Sporting, but he didn't in the end. Um, but he's been pictured and there's videos of him playing small-sided games, contact. Um, so I do think he is really close to coming back. Um, so that will be an exciting one. Um, and I just brought up some stats of how he was performing. We all know, I think he was the most owned player um, in Dream Team at the start of the season. He had a ridiculous ownership. Um, he got five goals and seven assists so far this season with three star man awards in that and that was in 20 games so he was doing really well um, the goals had dried up a little bit before he got injured but I do think he'll be a massive boost when he comes back to Arsenal so keep an eye on that one um, and yeah let us know how long you'll have to wait before you start to consider bringing Gabriel Jesus back in if he comes back and starts maybe that Leeds game after the international break or he's on the bench for Crystal Palace um, I do think you might want to start considering him even though the fixtures are looking a bit dodgy in April when it comes to defence, um, you've got White, Saliba, Kivior and Zinchenko started in the Europa League. Um, so if you had Zinchenko, that was quite a boost because actually Kieran Tierney had started like six of six of the um, Europa League games for Arsenal. So I don't think Zinchenko was expected to start, but Kieran Tierney was um, not taking ill, that sounds a lot worse, but Kieran Tierney was out of the squad because he was ill. Um, so Zinchenko started that one, surprisingly. Um, so a bit of an extra bonus. If you had Zinchenko, you went Zinchenko instead of maybe a, a Gabriel like I did. Um, so he started that game. Um, he got a rating as well. And then Saliba started this one. So I honestly did think that it would be Gabriel um, and Holding or Gabriel and Kivior. Um, but it was Saliba and Kivior that started this one. And Saliba went on to score a header. Um, so I felt like it was... Fairly unlucky um, that Gabriel didn't start. Gabriel actually did come on as a sub. Um, obviously, came on and got a mi got minus points because Arsenal conceded two. So that was a little bit disappointing. Um, and then Ben White started the game at right back as well. Um, I think he only played half the game against Bournemouth. So there was always a chance that Ben White was going to go on to play this game. Um, one thing that I'd noted down that I didn't really put into my planning when I thought that Gabriel might start the Europa League games. Gabriel had started the majority of the Europa League games alongside um, Rob Holding. Um, and that's something that I thought that 
might continue or Gabriel would continue and Saliba would just get the Premier League games. But one thing I didn't consider is I heard something that Arteta really does like playing a right foot on the right and a left foot on the left in centre-back. Um, and Kivior is a left footer. So Kivior is the natural replacement for Gabriel. And now it's made me think that actually we don't really see Gabriel play at all on that right-sided centre-back. So if we're going to go and be playing the new signing Kivior in Europa League, the natural replacement well, the natural partner for him is going to be Saliba, which has given me something more to think about. I think we're probably either going to see Holding and Gabriel in the next game, or we might just see Saliba and Kivior again. So that, that has really jumbled up my uh, thinking. I did think that Gabriel would be quite a good pick for the Europa League games, but now it's making me doubt myself because if Kivior is someone they want starting, I think it's going to be with Saliba. It's definitely not going to be holding in Kivior because Kivior did look a little bit shaky. But yeah, just something to think about. Uh, Saliba actually might be a better option than first fall in the Europa League. But back onto the defence anyway. I am feeling a little bit less confident now. So two games, Bournemouth and Sporting. Arsenal conceded twice in both of those games. Um, and then I looked at Fulham's recent results as well. So Arsenal faced Fulham away next. And Fulham have scored in all of their last six games they've scored 11 goals in six so they're pushing close to two goals a game as well um so that doesn't make for good reading away from home for arsenal so yeah a little bit worried about that one but i will be sticking with my arsenal defenders because the run does still look pretty good fulham sporting crystal palace and leeds Next up is Chelsea then. So they've had back-to-back -back clean sheets in their last two games. They've got a 1-0 win against Leeds and a 2-0 win against Dortmund in the Champions League. So they go through to the next round. And that was a real big win, actually. So I think the momentum might be turning slightly for Chelsea. The defence had looked fairly OK. Um, they weren't conceding that many goals. They weren't scoring that many goals. But they've managed to turn it a little bit now. So back-to-back -back wins. Um, they do only have the one game this game week, which is away at Leicester. So I don't think that's really good enough to specifically target. But after that, um, they don't have a midweek fixture. But then on the 17th, they have Everton at home. They have Villa at home and then they have Liverpool at home. So Everton at home and Villa at home, they could be two good games to target potentially. And the players that I'd be looking at, those wing-backs. So those wing-backs, Reese James... I really liked the look of him ahead of Leeds and Dortmund. But then the reports came out that he had a slight hamstring injury and he wouldn't play Leeds. So that was disappointing. And I decided to go, not go with Rhys James. Um, he then came back for that Dortmund game and obviously kept the clean sheet there. And something to think about is that obviously Havertz had that first penalty. Um, and then when the retake came as well, Rhys James was kind of hovering about. Um, and after the game, obviously Havertz went on to take it anyway, um, the retake. But after the game, um, Potter said somewhere along the lines of, um, after Jorginho has left now for Chelsea, it's sort of between Havertz and James to sort it out between them, who takes the penalties, which is something I really didn't expect. So I still think Havertz is probably going to be the taker. He's the attacking player. Um, they love getting the goals, don't they? And they love taking the penalties. So I think Havertz probably will step up. But they do have a lot of options, Chelsea. So if Havertz isn't on the pitch and James is, there is a chance. There is a small chance that we could see Reese James taking penalties, which is pretty crazy. Um, but 
like I said, with James, there's just always that there's always that feeling that he's going to miss. Uh, if he has two games a week, that he could miss one of them. So it's a bit annoying. But if he can just keep fit, um, his average points per game is 3.9 at a minute. So pushing four, and that is a really good score, to be honest. That's right up there in, in the defenders in the game at the minute. Um, and he only has two goals, two assists so far. But if he can stay fit, and it's a massive if, um, I had a look back at some of his previous seasons. And in 21-22, he got six goals and 10 assists. So if he just can stay fit, we know he is a massive threat, but it's just such a big if. Um, but someone that I can't say I really thought about um, was Chilwell on the other side. So obviously they've got Cucurella as well, who could play left back or left wing back. But actually he's been used more as sort of that left-sided centre-back when they play a back three. And Chilwell has been given that wing back role to get forward. And when he does, he is really dangerous. Um, he got an assist and 10 points against Leeds. And he was unlucky not to get an assist, really, in that Dortmund game. He sort of played the cross across to um, Sterling, who fluffed his first chance and then sort of took it down and then scored, which it didn't go down as an assist. Um, it's clutching a bit as well, but he sort of, I think he won the penalty for Havertz, kicking it against someone's hand. Um, so he's in amongst it. Um, but I do think he could be a good alternative, maybe to James, if you really did want to have a Chelsea defender. Um, so something to consider, obviously, Leicester, Everton, Aston Villa, Liverpool. They look like fairly good fixtures, as long as they don't concede seven against Liverpool. Um, but up front, one thing, reason that I didn't like the forwards for Chelsea is that they just kept chopping and changing all the time. But now they've had back-to-back -back games, back-to-back um, -back wins, where they've started Felix, Havertz and Sterling. Um, so I'm not going to go near them yet because I think there's much better op options out there. But that is something to consider now that if they do start to stick with this front three and one of them does hit a bit of form, they could be someone to consider going forward. But for me, not not yet, but could be something to keep an eye on. And I'm going to come on to Spurs and I don't really have that much to say about Spurs. If you've got nothing nice to say, you shouldn't say much at all. So they've got the one fixture um, this game week, which is Nottingham Forest at home. Um, and they actually do only have the three fixtures left for this month. So Forest at home, Southampton away and Everton away. Um, the fixtures do look pretty good on paper, um, but it just feels like there's something wrong at Spurs at the minute. So a loss against Sheffield United, a loss against Wolves, and then that nil-nil was abysmal um, against AC Milan. They just created nothing. Um, I thought I would take, as an Arsenal fan, I thought I would take enjoyment from watching them not play very well and get eliminated. But I had Harry Kane in my team and I brought Harry Kane in my team ahead of Salah, who scored 21 points. And it was just frustrating to watch, to be honest. Um, I do think there's something seriously wrong there at the minute. It looks like Conte wants to leave. Yeah, just disappointing. Forest at home would be a really good game to target with Harry Kane usually. And so would Southampton and Everton. But at the moment... If I've got the choice between Salah and Kane, now I'm just going to go for the team that looks more attacking, more like they want to hurt sides. Um, I was saying to someone like with Spurs, it just feels like you're looking to see whether it's like a 1-0 or if there's been any goals in the game. And if there's a goal, there's, it's probably going to be Kane. But with Liverpool at the minute, it looks like they could score three, four, five goals a game. And then it feels like there's a good chance that it could be Salah either assisting or scoring. So... I'm going to go with Salah. Um, I do think they're still 
plenty of merit for Kane. He's obviously a really good player, but I just would rather back the more attacking side at the minute if you're trying to choose between the two. And that does bring us nicely into Liverpool. So obviously they had the 7-0 win against Manchester United this week and just a ridiculous game all round, to be honest. So 2-0 win against Wolves came before that in a separate game week, but they just are looking a bit better going forward. They had that 0-0 against Crystal Palace, which was a bit frustrating. Um, and then obviously they got stuffed by Real Madrid 5-2, but they actually did look okay going forward in that game. It was just their defence. And then they got the 2-0 uh, win against Newcastle. So they face Bournemouth away next game. They face Real Madrid away. Um, they do have a blank on the uh, week commencing the 17th of March, which is a little bit annoying. You might want to try and save a transfer to maybe hop from a salad to someone else for that week and then maybe come back. Or you might just want to leave it after that point because they do face City away and Chelsea away. But the way Liverpool have been playing these last couple of games, um, even since the Real Madrid game, I do still fancy them to score in most games. And this Bournemouth game they've got coming up, they won 9-0 against uh, Bournemouth in that last game. I think this was one where Salah actually did blank when Liverpool won 9-0. So you'd be hoping that doesn't happen again. But that is a really good fixture. And I even think away at Real Madrid, I know it's a really, really tough fixture to play, but... They've got to get something. So I just think they might just go gun-ho for that game. And I still fancy those Liverpool um, attacking assets. So Salah, he's the obvious one. Penalty taker. Got a perfect 10 rating against Man United. 21 points, two goals and two assists. So I, I'm putting him in my team straight away. Um, sorry I ever doubted you, Salah. Cost me 21 points, bringing in Kane. Darwin Nunes. So... I've not really liked him this season as a dream team asset, but he is looking good now. Um, he's got 13 goals, five assists. He's the sixth highest scoring striker on the game. Now he's got a 6.8 average from his last five games. And in those last five games, he's got four goals and one assist. So five attacking returns in five is really quite good. Um, it's just who do you bring him in instead of? Maybe a Rashford, maybe a Salah if you can't afford him. I don't know, but... If you do decide to go with him, I don't really blame you at the moment. They are looking good going forward. Um, Cody Gakpo, he's got two goals. Uh, well, he got two goals, sorry, against Manchester United. And he did look good in the last game, but I just don't think he's for me at the minute. I think it would be between Salah and Darwin Nunes. He was quite cheap. I think he was 3.6. There's been price increases this morning, so he's probably gone up slightly or by 0.3. Um, but I just think I'd rather go for Salah and or Darwin at the minute. So... Nothing against him, but I just think there's better options. <clears throat> and then this Liverpool defence. So, obviously, they got stuffed against Real Madrid. But look at those other games. They got a 2-0 win against Newcastle. 0-0 clean sheet against Palace. Clean sheet against Wolves 2-0. And a clean sheet against Man United. Um, so, what's that? Four clean sheets in their last five. Um, and actually, I think there was one before that. So, I think it's five clean sheets. It might have been Everton. Five clean sheets from their last six games. So. They're looking fairly good defensively. I know it's it's a scary one to watch because they play a really high line. They do concede a lot of chances, but you can't really argue with that. So, I mean, I've got Trent in my team. I probably wouldn't be looking to bring in lots of Liverpool defenders, but I still think there's good opportunity to either bring in Trent. I think he's by far the best option. Or even a Robertson. Um, he did 
he had a really good assist against Man United, actually. Um, and he did look loads better. He does seem a little bit more at risk of rotation with uh, Simicast. But at that price, like this is this is the time to get on um, Liverpool, potentially, if you want to get them on cheap. But obviously, they do have Real Madrid, Man City and Chelsea. So on paper, it looks terrible. But I still think they can get a few results out of those three last difficult fixtures and maybe even a couple clean sheets. So we'll have to wait and see. But I do think the Liverpool defenders still look OK as long as it's just one. Right. Then I'm going to just come to what I call just best of the rest. So I'm bringing up West Ham, Brighton, Newcastle and Brentford. Um, so West Ham, they face Villa and Larnaca at home. Both of those are at home games. Um, they obviously got a good win against Larnaca in the last leg. They have been a bit up and down at the minute. So obviously lost 2-0 against Spurs. They, then they won 4-0 against Nottingham Forest. They lost 3-1 against United. United were, have been playing quite well. 4-0 against Brighton, though. That was a really poor loss then for West Ham. And then they went on to win 2-0 against Larnaca in the last game. So it's really up and down at the minute. Um, Antonio got two goals against Larnaca, but I still wouldn't be tempted to bring him in because I think Danny Ings is going to be the player that plays the Premier League games. Bowen looked like a fairly good option, but he actually didn't start either of the sort of midweek games. So he didn't face, um, he didn't start for Man United at, um, in the FA Cup. And he didn't start in the Europa League game as well. So it looks like they are still saving sort of their best players for the Premier League games. And I don't blame them. They're not far off the relegation zone. So Bowen and Ings look like they are getting saved potentially for the Premier League games. Ings completely saved. But Bowen is coming off the bench in those games. But I just don't think it's worth bringing him in for. Then Ben Rama. Um, so he's played both of the... Well, he's played the midweek game and the Premier League game um, and he assisted in that Larnaca game as well. So he's looking in fairly good form. Seven goals, five assists. But this this best of the rest lot, they are a bit punty. I won't be going for any West Ham players in my team, but they have got some fairly good fixtures in there. So if you're looking for a punt, maybe a Ben Rama, maybe a Bowen if you accept he's not probably going to start every game. But for me, I'm not going to go with him at the minute. Brighton, on the other hand, though, I do think Brighton have some really good fixtures and some really good players as well. And their starting lineups aren't that hard to predict. Um, so their form's looking good. They got a 1-0 win against Bournemouth, a 1-1 draw against Palace. They did lose against Fulham 1-0. They beat Stoke 1-0 and then they smashed West Ham 4-0. Um, and I think they're real danger men. And the choices are between Matoma, McAllister and March. So three really attacking um midfielders with good outputs really um Matoma I think is the best option if you watch regularly I have had him in my team this season and he was really good to own um in his last five he's got a 6.2 average and I'm going to use this just to compare them uh, there's loads of stats you can compare but I think the last five averages are probably a fair reflection so Matoma's up there with five, uh, 6.2 McAllister he's on 3.4 points per game on the last five um, he does take penalties, which is a big bonus for him. And I think he does take free kicks as well. So McAllister is a good option. I'm going to say he's the second best option. And then March. See, March has got a 4.4 average in his last five games. So he should be ahead of McAllister. Um, but I just think with March, it looks like it's a bit harder to predict when his points are coming. So Matoma has been scoring really regularly. And March has hit big numbers. But he has the sort of 
he hits big numbers and then gets a few blanks. So I'm going to rate him in that order, but I don't think there's much between them. I think there's a, a justification to have either of them, to be honest. So I just think McAllister sways above March for me just because of the pens at the moment. He did get a pen against Manchester uh, against West Ham, uh, which Matoma won. So Matoma is the best option. I wouldn't go any more than one, but I do think they could be worth a, worth a go this month because they've got five games left too. Then Newcastle, so I'm putting them here, but I don't really feel that confident about them, to be honest. And if you look at their last run, they've got three losses in a row. Granted, they were Liverpool, Manchester United and Manchester City. Um, they've got a 1-1 draw of Bournemouth and a 1-1 draw of West Ham, though, as well. Their clean sheets have dried up. Um, their last clean sheet came seven games ago when they were one of the best teams to target for clean sheets. But... The fixture run hasn't been great, so we could let them off there. Um, but they're attacking, their attacks are not really working out as well. They're not scoring goals. They're not keeping clean sheets. So for me, I'm not going to target any of their players. But if you did, um, I'd only really say Kieran Trippier at the minute. But that is only because he has got that chance of getting star man. So for me, it's, it's going to be avoid them. Um, but obviously they are up there as quite a good team. Then Brentford, I haven't got that much to add for Brentford, but they have five fixtures as well. They have Everton away, Southampton away, Leicester at home, Brighton away and Man United away. So really good fixtures for Brentford. Get a little bit harder towards the end. Um, but Ivan tony has got 16 goals and four assists this season. Uh, he's on penalties. They've got really great fixtures. So I do think as a punt, Ivan Tony could be a really good player to have. Uh, I've put him in a few of my um, lower down teams to try and win like monthly prizes and stuff. I haven't put him in my best team, but I do think this could be a really good run for him with five games, um, especially over like a Harry Kane who's got three games now. Um, I do think he could be a good punty option potentially. Um, in defence, I do think this is a bit more risky, um, but you had Piddock that scored in the last game. So he's a fairly good option if you wanted to bring in a Brentford defender, but I don't like it too much. Um, and then Ben Mee as well. He's quite a good uh, aerial threat and threat from corners and stuff like that. So if you did want to go for a defender, it would probably be one of those two. Um, but yeah, I do think that is pretty risky. Right, now onto my team updates then. So this is my vlog team. And I did recover quite nicely after the uh, initial pain of the Man United thumping against Liverpool. Um, I come back to get 33 points in total. But it did start really badly. So I had the hiring goal with a minus six. Um, Trent was was good. He got the clean sheet in that game. So he got me eight points, um, got a rating as well. Luke Shaw got absolutely battered in that Liverpool game. But he come back and got uh, the rating points and an assist. So he finished on minus one. Gabriel, I brought him in. I expected better from Bournemouth at home and Sporting away. He finished with a minus two. So that was a really disappointing transfer for me. That one didn't quite work out. Um, but I'm willing to keep him a bit longer. Bruno Fernandes, obviously poor in that first game, but really great game yesterday Yesterday against Betis. So 14 points for him. I'm happy with keeping him in my team. This is disappointing, though. De Bruyne and Mares in midfield. Two expensive players. And Newcastle at home looked like a good fixture as well. De Bruyne got no points. Um he came off for Bernardo Silva in that game and Bernardo Silva scored instantly, which was so annoying. Um, so no points for De Bruyne and he has been a little bit off the boil. He did score against Bristol, I think it was, but it's Bristol, isn't it? Um, then Mares didn't play at all in that Newcastle game. So a lot of people saw that Mares wasn't starting that game and took him out for Foden. And if he did, fair play to you because Foden scored in that one and looked pretty good again, got star man. 
I wanted to stick with Mares just because I know part of the thing of owning Mares is that that is a risk. He gets rotated and then he plays the next game and scores. So I'm willing to stick with him a little bit longer. He's got two uh, fixtures this week coming. But if he is dropped for that next one, that that is going to make me ask questions. Saka, um, I think he done well to come out with 11 points, to be honest. So that Bournemouth game, he didn't get an attacking return, but he got a rating. And then he somehow snuck star man against um, Sporting Lisbon. So fair play, 11 points. I'll take that all day long for a, a week that looked pretty quiet for Saka, in my opinion. So, yeah, I'll take that all day. Um, Rashford, eight points. Um, obviously, Liverpool was a was a write-off, but he come back and get, got that early goal in that Betis game. So he's going to stay on my team. I've said enough about Harry Kane. I took Mohamed Salah out of my team in the last um, game week. And that was because Salah had just the one game against Man United, which didn't look great on paper, I didn't think. Um, and then Harry Kane had Wolves and Milan. So I thought it was a two for one. But 21 points from Salah. Two, two goals, two assists, star man, perfect 10 rating. I messed that one up big time, didn't I? So Harry Kane... Get out. Get out of my team. I'm bringing Salah straight back in. Kane might do the business against Forrest, but yeah, we're we're through. We're through in this team. Um, and then Haaland, one point against Newcastle. It's disappointing. He hasn't been smashing teams like he normally does, but I don't dare bring him out. So looking at this team then, so yeah, it's, it's not been a great week. Like I said, I've already done that Salah in for Kane move anyway. Um, I'm willing to give Mares one more week. Kevin De Bruyne is a concern, but I still I'm not ready to take him out. And I just am a little bit worried about that City defence now. Now they're keeping they've kept back to back clean sheets. I took Ake out for Gabriel. I'm starting maybe to regret it because City are looking good at the back. They face Palace as well next, and Palace really haven't been good. So I might start to think of a way to maybe get a City defender back in. Um, should never be too stubborn to go back. So, yeah, that's my team at the minute. And this is what it looks like going into the next game week. Um, Trent's got good fixtures, um, apart from Madrid, maybe away. I think Man United fixtures are fine. Arsenal's fixtures are fine. I'm just worried that they won't keep the clean sheet there. Um, Bruno looks good. Please, I need something from De Bruyne and Mares. Saka, I think, looks fine for those fixtures. And in my front three, I think, look good at the minute. So, Rashford... Salah and Haaland all got doubles this week. So hopefully we can get quite a few points there. And so this team's on 1,758 points in total, despite having a not great week. Um, my team went from 863rd down to 779th. So a little bit of a decrease in rank. So I'm fairly happy with that. Um, still inside the top 1K. And I think it could have been a lot worse, to be honest. So Fairly happy with that. And I've got three transfers remaining out of five. Um, and yeah, it was, well, Gabriel, um, Ake to Gabriel was last month's transfer. And then these two transfers I've used is Kane to Salah and Salah to Kane uh, or the other way around. So yeah, three transfers left. I think I'm going to ha hang on to it. I'm going to try and get through one more week without making any changes. We do have an, an international break coming up as well soon. So I want to keep some behind just so I can react to any um, injuries or fitness problems. So I'm going to leave it like this for now. Then in my second team, uh, this one got me 58 points, which is quite good for that game week. Uh, the total is 1,682 and the rank went from 3.8K to 3.5K. 
Um, we've got three transfers remaining in this one. David Haya got battered in goal, minus six. Um, but I did have the City semi-block of Walker, Diaz and Ake. So it got me five, eight and four. De Bruyne, he was disappointing, like I said. Saka, Fernandez, obviously done okay. And then in this one, I did bring um, Phil Foden in for Akanji as the last transfer from my February allowance. So Foden's obviously done fairly well for me, but I might have been a bit better off doing it for um, De Bruyne potentially, but I couldn't have predicted that. So I'm fairly happy still with that one. Um, I did Mares to Saka actually last week when I did see that he was dropped. Um, so that one worked out fairly well as well. And last night I did David De Gea to Edison. I thought I might as well complete this Man City block. Um, and De Gea obviously was going to go down, getting a minus six. I did keep Kane in this team reluctantly just to differentiate it from the other team. Um, I feel I will feel a little less bad if Kane does go on to do well against um, Forrest. At least I'll have him in one team, but I'm not overly happy about it. So this is the team going into this weekend. I've got Edison in goal and exactly the same as I said, Walker Diaz, Ake, De Bruyne, Foden, Saka, Bruno, Haaland, Kane and Rashford. That is everything for this episode. So good luck this week with your teams. Um, and like I said, if you've got any Dream Team questions or want my opinion on anything, please do leave a comment below and subscribe to the channel to get kept up to date with more Sun Dream Team content. If you're listening on Spotify, please do give us a follow on there as well. And we'll see you on the next episode. I forgot to add, last weekend I was kindly invited onto the Dream Team Tonic podcast to celebrate their 100th episode alongside um, a ton of other great Dream Team managers. So please go over to their channel dream team tonic on youtube or you can check out their podcast on other podcast platforms dream team tonic go over there and check out their 100th episode thanks for watching and goodbye sports social podcast network